listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Mike Stavrou of Metro Sport. Mike, first of all, how are you, sir? Yeah, not bad. Not bad, mate. Getting on with stuff, um, finding things to do around the house uh, again for what feels like the millionth. I know it's only the Doesn't it feel like more than three national lockdowns it feels like about a thousand we're on about a thousandth now i've forgotten what it feels like not to be in in some form of lockdown i know we had it lifted source kind of at one point but it was never you know all back to normal and and it's it's disappointing and you know we're not going to get into it on this show but the more you hear from sort of the way other countries are dealing with it you just feel more and more frustrated by the way our government yeah has dealt with it um Exactly. But that's a topic for another day and another show, I'm sure. Uh, let's uh, let's discuss Arsenal. Uh, first of all, I want to say a big hello to everybody in the live chat at the moment. Um, really appreciate you guys joining us live. And of course, to those of you who will be watching this back later, or of course, to those who will be listening via the audio platform as well. Uh, subscribe, like, share, leave us a review. You know the drill by now. I can see the reviews slowly creeping up on, uh, on iTunes, which is great. Uh, so keep those coming. Um, Also, uh, just a bit of a drive for subscribers today because we are on the road to 11,000. We're around about 75, 80 people away from hitting that 11,000 mark, which would be incredible. So if you could do that and we could get there by the end of this week, that would be amazing if you haven't already. Right, Mike, let's begin uh, by discussing the story regarding following Balogun. Now, um, a player that lots and lots of Arsenal fans have have been calling uh, to see more of actually uh, in recent months. We haven't really seen a great deal of him uh, in and around the first team. We know that his contract expires at the end of this season. And David Ornstein and James McNicholas of The Athletic have put a report out today which claims that Follerin Balogun is close to agreeing a deal with a foreign club, of course, with his contract expiring at the end of the season from January 1st. He was allowed to discuss uh, a potential move with clubs overseas. Feels like, uh, going by that report, that that could be a real possibility. What are your initial thoughts on the whole Balogun situation and would you be sad to see him go? Yeah, my initial sort of take on it, Harry, is I'm obviously disappointed because you never want to see a player with clearly a lot of potential leave the club. Um, You know, we've seen very little of him, but in that very little, I think it's fair to say that he's shown a lot of promising signs. Um, A very different player to to what we already have at the club, someone with a bit more natural striking instinct, a bit more of a a natural number nine, uh, very different to Nketiah. His, his closest rival. Um, but reading closer into the story, into the sort of um, goings on about around his situation, it it seems as if, for, for me anyway, personally, it seems for me as if the player is pushing too hard to get a, a deal uh, between him and the agent anyway. Um, I think the club have probably done all they can do because judging by past, you know, situations like this, 
uh, Reese Nelson, because Saka also went into into the last year of their contract and it did get resolved. Um, I think when you're a player that has not really established himself, um, fair enough, he's not been given the chance to. But regardless, when you see players like Nketiah, you know, having to go out on loan uh, to Leeds, you see uh, Reese Nelson going out to Hoffenheim, um, Emil Smith Rowe going out to Huddersfield, and they're only now getting a chance. That's the graph that the youngsters have to put in to be able to, you know, be afforded that opportunity. And um, it seems like Balogun, uh, you know, maybe isn't isn't willing to put that graft in before he's given that chance. He wants to go out and get first team football straight away. And I can't, you know, criticise him for that because as a player, that's that, that's what you want. But also you have to bide your time. And it's a bit of an odd situation. I'm sure the details will come out when, when a conclusion is finally reached. But my overriding feeling is disappointment. But then again, you can sort of, you know, understand the club's point of view in a way. Yeah, and 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 I always find that, and and don't get me wrong, you know, agents uh, are agents. We all know what they're like. We all know um, that they can make uh, life difficult in terms of negotiations. But what we also probably overlook quite a bit is actually that these agents work for the players. And if you are a player and you desperately want to stay somewhere, you would be instructing your agent to make that deal happen, you would be instructing your agent to accept the terms that are on the table. I know the agent wants to get the most and, and obviously that impacts on what they earn out of it. And I get all of that. But ultimately, an agent's job is to look after his player. And that's why you can sit here and, and point the finger at the agent. But the, the fact that this is all going on makes me wonder whether uh, following Balogun actually wants to stay at the Arsenal. Now, um, let's share a couple of really good tweets that uh, have been put out on social media about this today. Um, the first one comes uh, from Fabrizio Romano, a bit of a transfer guru is Fabrizio. Um, and he says, Balogun has always been open to staying at Arsenal, but he needs to play. This is the priority for following and his agents. If he plays more, he'll be he'll consider a new contract. If not, Balogun will decide among 15 clubs that have approached him as a free wow. agent. Nothing done and signed yet. So Fabrizio Romano is suggesting there is lots and lots of interest in following Balogun. Um, you know, and when, you know, if we're talking about the game time argument, you know, I know you said he needs to go out and he needs to buy his time and other players have done that graph. But if other teams, Mike, are willing to give him that game time and he mm. backs himself, then I guess that's a, a fair enough reason to, to consider a move away, no? Yeah, and yeah, definitely. I mean, probably what, what's happened is, you know, he's had a few good games. Um, you know, he's he's felt he's felt confident. Uh, he thinks he he's, he's demanding more game time. Um, and then when you know you see all, all this interest in you, and his his agents probably seen the same. You're thinking to yourself, you know, wow, I've got all these teams interested in me. I'm, you know, I can do this. You know, I can I can make that step up. And then he's looking at maybe. Um, players who have been misfiring a bit, not obviously in the last in the last few games, but someone like Lacazette, who's been very inconsistent again, um, in Ketia, who can't get a game at the moment. And you, you're thinking to yourself, hold on, like if I'm sort of scoring twice in, in, in five substitute appearances, surely that warrants a chance. But the way I look at it is, if you're a 19-year-old and you have made five appearances, there's no way that, that you can demand game time. I think you only demand game time um, 
by by putting the graft in either in training or you know as a 19 year old you 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 go out on loan because that's that that's the process and if he's not if he's if he's not willing to we, we obviously don't know but if he's not willing to complete that process then for me how can you how how can you you know put all this faith in in someone who who isn't willing to do it? I, I don't know it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an odd one for me it's difficult to make sense of where exactly the problem lies in these negotiations. Is it Balogun wanting more game time and not getting any guarantees of it? Is it Mikel Arteta maybe mishandling the player's development, which has led to him not feeling wanted and maybe wanting to go? Is it the agent? There are so many uh, scenarios that you know you could discuss and, and consider uh, in this negotiation. Another good tweet uh, from friend of the show, actually. He's been on here a fair few times, uh, James Cook. Uh, this is a good one. He says, uh, Balogun could be the next Henri. He could be the next Tuba Akpom. There's no way of knowing that and no point stressing yeah. it. That's true, isn't it? Because yeah, that is it, true. it does feel like the meltdown from some Arsenal fans with regards to this whole uh, following Balogun situation is a little bit OTT. You know, is has he shown enough to suggest that we'd be making another potentially Serge Nabry style mistake? I would argue that he hasn't. No, no, and that's that's what I'm saying. You can't judge that by by five uh, five appearances. No, no matter how well he's done in the in the academy, you don't know whether whether that's going to translate. Yeah, he's looked good as as an impact sub, but n- number one, it's in the Europa League, um, so obviously against lesser opposition, and and number two, like he's playing thirty twenty minutes when when mostly the game's been won. So how much can you really judge by that? I mean. I I agree with you know a lot of the a lot of the comments flooding in right now that that he does you know he should get more more, more game time in the Premier League maybe throw him on see how he does and then you know when he's built up 10, 20, 30 games then we can start to have a, a bit of a better picture but right now James is right you can't you can't make an, an informed decision on on how well he's gonna he's he's, he's gonna do and that's why I find it difficult to lambast the club and say. Oh, you know, it's ridiculous to to let him go, and some of the reaction is 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 unwarranted. I think exactly. We we've seen very little of him. Um, there is a lot of excitement about the kind of player that he can go on and become. Um, but I, you know, there are a lot of comments in here, sort of pointing the finger at Mikel Arteta and suggesting that he's to blame for this situation because of the lack of game time uh, that Balogun has been uh, afforded. And we're going to come on to to some of those comments in a minute. It is worth noting that it's the same agents that dealt with Saka's contract renewal, um, that dealt with Reese Nelson's contract renewal. And I know that a lot of Arsenal fans are saying, well, we didn't have any problems with um, renewing Bukayo Saka's contract. We didn't have any problems uh, renewing Reese Nelson's contract, but we actually did. If you remember, if you cast your mind back to when Saka's contract was coming to an end, how much talk was there, Mike, of, of Saka going elsewhere, of Saka, you know, being con- uh, considering a move to another club? So perhaps these are just messages coming out from the agent in order to try and, and persuade the club to give him a better deal. Who knows? Uh, but you know, it's it's very important, I think, in situations like this. And I don't know if you agree to keep an open mind because I said it on the show yesterday uh, about the, the Mesa Ozil situation, which we'll come on to just briefly discuss a little bit further. Mikel Arteta has been speaking about that today. And I said there's three sides to every story. There's one side, the other side and the truth. And, yeah. and that feels like it could very much be the case here. 
Yeah, and as look as as we've said throughout, we're only you know making our own judgments based on on what we've read. We actually don't know what's going on inside the club. Um, but yeah, you make a good distinction with Saka, and you're right. And he he obviously you know went into the last year of his contract. Um, but the difference is, is that Saka actually proved himself before bit before that. Like he was in the first team. Um, for for a good amount of time, you know, played in multiple positions, was 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 pretty good, and you could say that you know that that new bumper contract was was deserved. Does does Balogun really deserve that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be a money thing, it might be a game time thing. The bottom line is we we, we don't know. But I, I guess I guess that the, the worry that Arsenal fans is is that he leaves, goes to a, a foreign club. And then comes back to, to the Premier League eventually, and you know is is incredible. But realistically, what are the chances of that happening? Yeah, and this is the thing: you've got to keep level-headed about it and re- realize and understand that actually, this decision that Arsenal seem to be making, where you know, oh, look, if the player wants to stay, then obviously Arsenal aren't willing to meet the demands, right? They're, they're not willing yeah. to meet the demands that the agent uh, the agent is setting. And Mikel Arteta has been talking about it in his press conference today. He said, as I've already sort of alluded to, he said the club want to do a deal, the manager wants to do a deal, the player wants to do a deal, but he's not sure about the agent. So that suggests that in Mikel Arteta and the club's view, the agent's demands are, are over the top. And actually, whilst you want the club to act in a sensible way to keep a player who, um, you know, could go on to potentially be a very good striker. This decision is being made solely based on the idea of potential. And you can never guarantee that potential is going to be fulfilled. And that is probably why the club are a little bit reluctant to just bend over and take the demands. Um, that the agent is is putting on the table. I didn't know where you were going with that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's true, isn't it? But potential is something that you can predict, but you can never guarantee. You can never guarantee that that potential is going to be fulfilled. And so it's understandable maybe why Arsenal, given this current climate, are a little bit reluctant to, to go that extra mile to keep him. As you say, he hasn't played enough football to prove himself. Whatever you think the reason for that and whether that's right is a, is a different matter. The fact is he's only played, what, 60, 70 minutes on the pitch for Arsenal this season. And, and as a result of that, it's impossible to make an informed judgment, an informed decision on whether actually Balogun is worth the demands that his agent is putting on the table. Personally, I just want to put it on the record that I'd like to see him stay. I've seen enough from him to suggest to me that He's a, probably a more complete striker than, for example, Eddie Nketiah. Um, although he's not had that game time yet, I like the look of him. But again, it's just a hunch. It's just a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an important distinction to make. I think people are concerned, Harry, because they see our, our other options. As I mentioned, Lacazette, yeah, he's been in, in a great run of form recently in the last few games. He's been really good, but he does go through patches. And, you know, there was a time last season when Eddie was brought back where, where Eddie was, was a number one striker for a few games. And that, should, that just showed you, I mean, how up and down Lacazette can be. And my concern is, is that we really don't have much in, in that position. We've got, we've got Lacazette and then we've got Nketiah, who for me is still unproven, showed flashes. And then our, our next striker in, in a pecking order is Balogun. So if we let Balogun go, if we don't sign anyone, we're we're facing you know ne- next season with just 
with just one senior striker um, and, and and obviously Enketio, who is classed as senior, but for me, hasn't quite done enough to suggest so, that he's ready to, to, to play as a number nine. So my, my question is, we there, there has to be a, a follow-up plan for this. If we let Balogun go, who's going to be the next one to, to be brought through up front? Does that mean that, that Arteta still trusts Aubameyang as, as a number nine? Which for me is worrying. So there's there's a lot of questions to be answered if 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 he if he does go more than just are we going to keep him or not? Yeah, no, good stuff, good points. Let's go to the live chat and see what you guys are saying. Um, Louis Robson says, "Afternoon, Harry. Guessing you're not too pleased with the news because I'm not. I'm not uh, thrilled. I don't want to see Balogun go, as I've already alluded to. Um, but you know, and not to not to paraphrase Mikel Arteta, but." It does take all the parties to want to make this still happen. And and I think sometimes as fans, we forget that. We forget that actually the player has to want to stay. The terms have to be agreeable by all of the parties. You've got an agent in the middle um, causing a mess, uh, you know, being more firm than his client, uh, pissing off the club at the same time with his kind of uh, way of going about things. And, and you know, it's, a, it's not that easy to do a three-way negotiation. As I said, the agent should be working for the player, but we've seen uh, from plenty of previous examples that often agents uh, can get in the way. Often agents can cause problems. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Sam believes that we should sell and Ketia need to push that. He isn't top four material, isn't Arsenal ilk. Ciao, Eddie. So a lot of people kind of directing their frustration about this whole Balogun situation. Mm. Um towards Eddie and Ketty. I think that's a little bit unfair. I'm not Eddie and Ketty's biggest fan. I've said it time and time again on this show that I don't think he will go on to have a particularly successful career at Arsenal. But that doesn't mean that he's to blame for the Balogun situation. You know, Mikel has made that decision to pick him ahead of Balogun more often than not. Nobody else, right, Mike? Yeah, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. Um, just seen just seen Jake Watson in the chat. Hello, Jake. How are hey you, there, Jake? How you doing, mate? You good? Um, no, you are you are right. And you know, there's some people suggesting that maybe it's a story that um that um Balogun's agent has, has leaked to the press in order to to get a better get get a better better deal. You could it could be perceived that by Mikel Arteta saying it's not us, it's not the player, it's the agent. They're trying to push it. So you know, you never know what sort of games are, are going on here. Um for me, it's obviously frustrating because we see these. The, we we've seen it time and time again. As I said, we've seen it with Saka that went down to the wire. We've seen it with Nelson, and I just wish that our you know our negotiations were were slightly open because it slightly better. Sorry, because it it does seems happen to us quite a lot with, with young players, doesn't it? And it is it is a bit frustrating because you just think you know in 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 sometimes if you have a, a talented player on on your books, either. You know, because last season we we turned down a five minute offer from from uh, from Brentford for, for Balogun, didn't we? So you could have got a bit of money there, and now you're, you're risking losing him on a free. So if you know the the sort of plan wasn't to to play him and just throw him on sometimes in the Europa League, you're thinking, should we have taken that deal? I, I don't know. You're looking at it now, and you're thinking maybe we should have. Is that a consequence though of Arsenal being? Uh, the subject of so much change behind the scenes, the subject of maybe a shift in strategy. Um, of course, Mikel came in, um, you know, a, a, about a year ago now. He, he came in, maybe he didn't feel in the summer that he'd seen enough of Balogun yet to make a decision. The club backed him in, not accepting that 
that five million pounds. You know, it's tough, isn't it? Because when there's so much turmoil behind the scenes, which there so clearly has been at Arsenal in terms of changes upstairs and in the backroom staff, and it becomes very difficult to, you know, decisions get left by the wayside. Certain topics don't get the maybe the attention they need because mm. there's all that other shit going on and, and you're talking about people coming in and maybe missing things like this whole Balogun scenario because their focus has been elsewhere. When you don't have consistency behind the scenes, when you don't have consistency in terms of the longer term plan, I think that that's probably a bit of a consequence. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, some sections of the fans, they will just use it as a stick to to beat Arteta with, sadly. I think some of some of our fans have got it in their head that Arteta's, you know, not not the guy. Um, and he, you know, doesn't know how to, how to manage a squad. And while he's inexperienced, I think it's a bit it's a bit too early to to say that. And also, I think he's in a difficult position, Harry, because ultimately he's going to be the bad guy in in some situations because he's he's overseeing a complete rebuild of the club, and that sadly means that a lot of players are, are going to have to go. Maybe maybe one of them is Balogun. I'm sure we're going to come and talk about one of the other ones, Ozil, uh, in in time, but. He's got a tough job, isn't he? And he's not always going to get it 100% right. But like, I feel like any opportunity to take a, a, a little dig at, at Arteta, and it's, especially when things have turned around a bit, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a bit frustrating for me because I'm a supporter of his. I, I, I really hope he does well. And we have to back him, you know, to the hilt, essentially, because I don't want a situation where we're going to be changing managers every, every 18 months you know, if we lose on our next few games, is the conversation going to turn to Arteta out again? It could well do. And and, and that's the thing, isn't it? And, and like you said, the key word here is rebuild, which means that Mikel has a number of players at his football club right now, whether you back him or not, that are not his players, that he wouldn't have wanted to bring to the club. He doesn't necessarily want to bring to the club. He's not going to come out and publicly say that. He's not going to come out and say, uh, you know, some of the players that he's using right now, I don't think they're fit for purpose because he needs them. And that would just be poor, naive management. Mm. So we've got to understand that Mikel needs the time to to build this. Now, whether you trust him or not to do that, whether you think he's the right man is a completely different argument. And actually, I think we've seen enough ups and downs throughout his tenure so far to suggest that those who do question him maybe have a point. You know, I'm not going to dismiss that perspective or that point of view because there is evidence either way. And so that's a pr- perfectly reasonable view to have. Yeah. The yeah. issue the issue is, though, when we're talking about contract negotiations, when we're talking about the situations of players who have been at the club long before Mikel Arteta came into the picture, you cannot hold him responsible for that all of the time. So I think sometimes you can with the way he he's treated them or the way he's overlooked them in terms of selections. But you can't always hold him responsibility for the crap that's gone on in the past. This is a combination now of Arsene Wenger players, Unai Emery players, Mikel Arteta players. Plus, you've got to think about everything that went on behind the scenes, the, the Sven Mislintat stuff. There are players at the club that he brought in. There are players at the club that Raul Saleh brought in. There are, you know, there's so many people who have dabbed their hands in this. That's why it's a mess. You know how that saying goes, too many chefs spoil the broth? That's exactly what's yeah. happened. Yeah. at Arsenal over the last few seasons. And I think we need to acknowledge that. Uh, big hello to Thomas. 
He says, hey, Harry, smash that like button, people. Only 26 likes. It is free to press the button. You won't get an invoice from YouTube, I promise. I can back that up. You will not get an invoice uh, from YouTube. Please, uh, if you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button and make sure uh, you subscribe uh, to the channel as well. As I say, we're approaching 11,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so if you are joining us via the video, please uh, get involved in that. Um, Mike, let's talk a little bit. I don't want to talk too much about it because we discussed it at length on on yesterday's podcast. But um, Mikel Arteta saying that, that, you know, he's aware of the conversations Mesut Ozil is having uh, with other clubs. And he says that he expects the situation to be resolved in the next few days. Um, one of the journalists in the press conference asked um, asked Mikel why Mesut hadn't been seen in training photos in the last few days. And he said that the club have given uh, Mesut some days off for some personal reasons. That suggests, doesn't it, that it's almost done and that Mesut Ozil is off. Yeah, and I'm quite surprised because I was convinced that that he was going to stay until the end of his contract. He's reiterated that consistently, uh, did it recently in that statement in, in, in October on social media when he was left out of the, the Premier League squad. Did it again in an interview with uh, with the Athletic, I think it was last season. Um, so I'm surprised. I, I am surprised. And obviously, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of uh, meeting in the middle, whether the club are, are going to be willing to pay uh, a portion of, of his of his wages to, to let him go. Um, but you know what? I would say that even though it caused massive, you know, um, massive anger at, at the beginning of the season, you know, Ozil being left out, all this money, players were, were, were mad at him. Uh, would, you, would you say in the last few months that it's really affected us that bad in terms of performances? Because I wouldn't. So, I mean, you know, maybe he could have helped here and there. He, maybe he could have, but it's a maybe. And ultimately, if we look at his performances over the last few seasons, they've overall, they've, they've not been good enough. And then when you think about, you know, if he was in the team, would Emil Smith-Rowe have got his chance? Probably not. So I, for one, am sort of glad to see the the, the situation go. Um, I don't know if Ozil's still going to be continuing his tweets on on social media if he joins another club. I I, I hope so. No, actually, I don't. I, I don't yeah, know. Gunners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like he's playing for for DC United and he's like tweeting about Arsenal, like still, like still, still living, still living in his head. No, look, I Ozil obviously does have. A, a lot of affection for Arsenal. Um, it's it's it, it, and it is one of the things where I do really, you know, wish to to find out what happened in the end. I don't know if it if it will ever come out. Um, they, people say it's it's not for footballing reasons. Um, it's a bit sad, isn't it, Harry? I guess to see it to, to see it end so bitterly, but be glad to move on from, from my perspective. It is sad. I completely agree with you. It is sad, but as you said, it had to end. It had to end because it's been a cloud hanging over Arsenal Football Club um, for this season. I I agree with you that I don't think it's... I think it's had some impact on our performances on the pitch. Um, I don't think it's had as much impact as some of the the Ozil fanboys would suggest. Um, but I do think that it's caused rifts behind the scenes. You know... It, it, I, I think that when you're a player and you look at somebody like Mesut Ozil in training every day, and there's no doubt in his talent, we all know what he's capable of. And I'm sure 
he's even more uh, mesmerizing on the training ground where there's no pressure. Uh, I'm sure that some of those players would have looked at Mesut Ozil on the training ground at points when Arsenal were struggling for creativity and, and thought to themselves, Mikel, are you are you doing the right thing here? You know, you're you're leaving out this guy who could potentially help us on a Saturday and on a Sunday. And, you know, I think there would have been questions raised about that. I think whatever people mm-hmm. say is a very popular figure amongst some of the players, some of the influential players at the club. It feels all too convenient now that, I don't know if you saw it, there was a report that came out this morning from one of the newspapers. It, it escapes me who it was. But they said that actually a load of the Arsenal players were were behind uh, the decision to leave Mesut Ozil out. And why have we never heard that up until this point? You know, we never heard that until it looks like he's heading for the exit. So look, I I think that that Mesut is a fantastic footballer. I'm I'm upset that it's going to end this way. I think he could have offered something to the team um, at a time where we're trying to rebuild and and maybe he would have offered a little bit of stability in terms of being a senior player uh, in there. But I accept that uh, too much has happened. You know, too much has happened. The relationship is broken uh, and and he's got to go. Um, uh, and he's got to go. I mean, Ekwene Ogbodo doesn't like my opinions on Mesut Ozil. He always makes that clear in the chat. And he says, sorry, Harry, what if he wasn't creative at the training ground? I said he might have been, um, you know, <laughs> just like everything, mate. This is this is all speculation. We're all sharing our opinions, our views, our thoughts. Nobody knows for certain about most of the things we're discussing uh, when it comes to Arsenal. It is an opinion. It is a view. Um, and um, I, I think that Mesut Ozil is one of those players that probably tries the tricks and flicks on the training ground. I, I, I don't see what's so outrageous about having that view. Um, so that's where we're at with, with Mesut Ozil. It looks like the, the exit is imminent. And Mikel was asked, actually, which I thought was quite a good cheeky question in the, in the press conference when he wouldn't say what was happening with his future and he said we're going to have to talk over the next few days he was then reminded that actually Messi is available for this FA Cup tie and would he be involved and, and, Mikel, said, <laughs> and right. Mikel said we'll have to decide um, on that well we know the answer to that don't which we? means no yeah exactly but I just I like the way that that was put on him in the press conference I really really enjoyed that um, we know that Arsenal have brought Omar Rekic to the club young player from her to Berlin. Um, we've seen him in training in pictures, so we know that that's done. The club haven't officially put an announcement out yet, so we're expecting that. Mikel Arteta suggested that that is imminent. And of course, William Saliba played last night for Nice in their 2-0 defeat against Brest. Mike, I don't know if you saw any of that. Um, I was sort of waiting for the game between Milan and Juve, and I thought, oh, I'll stick on BT Sport and watch a bit of this um, and have a look at William Saliba. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed at all with his positioning, um, with his kind of his reading of the game. And and I've seen a mixed actually response because I've seen some Arsenal fans on social media saying they were good signs. I thought that Nice as a defensive outfit, and I'm not going to blame that solely on Saliba because he's just joined. But I thought as a team, they were just defensively completely clueless. I look at him and I looked at him in that, was it the under-23s game? What was that game that he played at AFC Wimbledon? Was it AFC Wimbledon? Yeah, Wimbledon, yeah. He got yeah. sent off. Yeah, that's the one. I look at yeah. the bits and pieces from that and I looked at last night and with each passing time that I see William Saliba play, I start to think that actually Arsenal maybe were right to decide that he's not ready yet and to loan him out. I think they're right to probably try and do something that will protect their long-term investment 
um, on the centre back. And a bit like James said uh, on his tweet about Balogun, we don't know that he's going to be the next Sol Campbell. He could be the next Pascal Segan. You know, you don't know. And so to a degree, I think as fans, it's our job to discuss, yes, but also trust a little bit in, in the, the people that watch these guys play and train every single day and trust that they know a little bit more than we do. Oh, they don't have trust, Harry. They don't. And as I said, you know, similarly to, to Balogun, was, was Saliba another stick to beat Arteta with? Because, well, firstly, Arteta didn't sign the player. Um, you know, I don't think Arteta made the decision not to let him play in that uh, in in that cup final for for, for San Etienne, which which apparently upset uh, Saliba. It was about and the money. It was about the money. Arsenal didn't want to pay the extra loan fee, that, the extra fee to San Etienne yeah. for him playing X amount of games. It was but, all about the money. But again, people would have, you know, blamed Arteta for that, and. It's just one of them things where because he is the rookie coach that he is, every single mistake he makes is under a microscope. What what I want to know is really from people, if you do end up getting rid of, of Arteta, I, 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 I don't know who they think that, that they're going to bring in that's going to you know be able to do this impossible job, in, essentially, of clearing out an, an entire squad um, and trying to, you know, desperately get into the in, into the top eight top 10 get to an Europa League semi-final I think that would be considered a great success I've not really heard I've not really heard and like until I hear a convincing argument as to who could come in and do a much a much better job that's available that's you know not going to be too expensive and, and extortionate then I th- th- then I might accept that argument but in, until then I think just at least give him this the season because we're not going to get relegated now. Give him the season. Give him the, the the transfer window. If things aren't aren't going that well at the beginning of, ne- of next season, then then you make a decision. But for now, I think just leave off for a bit. Yeah, I think you'd have thought that those three wins would have eased the pressure a little bit because football fans have very short memories, don't they? But it does. Looking at the live chat box now as it's coming through, it does feel like there is still a lot of hostility to Mikel Arteta. Yeah. There is still a lot of, um, you know, concern around his ability to do this job. Ultimately, if you come into a club that has too many players, you need to trim the squad down. It is impossible to do that without pissing people off. Simple as that. You know, it's impossible to do yeah. it without upsetting yeah. people. There's there's no way around it. You know, somebody's going to get left out when you've got too many players. Somebody's going to get left out. Somebody's going to be unhappy. And some people are going to end up leaving the football club. And I think a little bit of perspective is is needed um, in sort of when reviewing this kind of situation. That brings us towards the end uh, of this uh, live edition of the podcast. Uh, just a quick plug once again, if you haven't smashed the like button, subscribe, leave us a review on uh, the podcast platforms, if that's your preferred uh, method of taking in the content. Start spamming the chat box. Where is it that you are joining us from? Uh, just a quick roundup on what we have discussed today. So, of course, the update on following Balligan from David Ornstein at The Athletic is that the player is close to agreeing a pre-contract with an overseas club. Mikel Arteta has been speaking in his press conference and he has said that the ma- he, the manager, uh, the team 
Uh, sorry, he, the manager, the player, they want the deal to happen. They want Balogun to stay at Arsenal Football Club. But he suggested, um, and he kind of backtracked on the initial comment, but he did suggest that maybe the agent is the problem in terms of the negotiations right now. Uh, he also hinted that Mesut Ozil's transfer uh, or future will be resolved in the next few days. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. William Saliba played uh, for Nice against Brest in the uh, French league and last night they lost 2-0 and um I my personal view so don't start jumping on me if you disagree was that he didn't play that ver- that well um, and of course it seems as though an announcement regarding the uh, transfer of Omar Rekic is imminent so uh, plenty to get your teeth into uh, we're going to be back later on today with another stream if you're listening via the podcast uh, the next one will be out first thing tomorrow morning so keep your notifications on and you'll be able to stay up to date with all our shows uh big shout out to loco coco great name joining us from india to patrick in south africa um to danny in israel to alfred uh, in papua new guinea uh to louis joining us from a sunny better looking day here in sunderland um and of course uh, everybody else wherever it is you're joining us from my thanks to mike uh, for joining me once again mike thank you so much mate how can people follow you on social media yeah so at mike underscore stavru on 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 twitter brilliant stuff give mike a follow as well to keep up to date with his excellent work as i say we'll be back with another live stream later on today until then take care cheers you're listening to the chronicles of aguna the arsenal podcast i'm martin tyler and you're listening to harry Simeon.